What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 146 of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on TheBoxingBrand.com. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, man? What's going on, brother? It is uh, looks to be the first truly big weekend for the sport this weekend coming up, man. I mean, there's a, a fight that everybody's been looking for in a rematch, and one that I think everybody might be sleeping on a little bit. Yeah, I think the doubleheader that's being kicked off by, by Showtime this weekend mm-hmm. um, is going to deliver on every level that it did the first time around. Carl Frampton defending the WBA featherweight title that he won from Leo Santa Cruz, a great co-feature. And I got to agree, man, HBO has a nice action-packed sleeper card uh, to go along with it. But I think this weekend, uh, HBO gets the DVR. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so you are dialed in to episode 146 of the Tale of the Tape Boxing podcast. Be sure to drop by theboxingrant.com today and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spreaker, and Google Play. And be sure to subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Follow Vin on Twitter at VinceCummings81 and follow me on Twitter at Kenny Keith. Junior. All right, Vin, no time to waste here on uh, uh, championship weekend in the NFLs. The AFC and the NFC will vie to send their contestants to the Super Bowl. So we just got to fly through this thing real quick, okay? Yeah, I got some cold beers waiting for me, so let's go. <laughs> All right, let's rock and roll. Uh, big fight this weekend, January 28th. It's Showtime Championship Boxing from the MGM Grand Garden Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada. It's Carl Frampton, the Jackal, squaring off against Leo Santa Cruz in a rematch of their WBA 126-pound championship fight from a year ago. Leo Santa Cruz was on foreign soil last time, Vin. Yeah, in, uh, apparently. In, in New York City. I guess uh, <laughs> the East Coast is a little bit too close to the United Kingdom for him. <laughs> right. So they bring it back to Las Vegas. Vin, Frampton versus Santa Cruz, too. You excited for this one? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Uh, the first fight was in talks, and everybody's talks for fight of the year. I mean, I think it's with, within everybody's top five in those talks, at least. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, one thing I do notice coming into this fight is, boy, Carl Frampton seems to be very, very confident. I mean, he is very confident that the second go around is going to be easier. Uh, I, I can't argue with him, honestly, because we've seen it in his past fights. And he even talks about it that in the gym when he spars with guys, he's like, look, after a while, sparring with the same guys, he's like, I, I just figure him out. He's He's got a, he's got a brain that it, when in the ring, he is not just – you know, thinking about what combination to throw. He is managing every aspect of the fight. There's not too many people in the sport that do it like him. And I think even if Santa Cruz comes out in this fight and tries to be more patient and tries to box a little bit, I just don't think he has the boxing acumen to keep up with Carl Frampton, man. I just don't. No, I, I think Carl Frampton definitely fits the bill of the of the the type of fighter and the style of fighter that in rematches, especially at the first one, is decisive as I know I thought it was, mm-hmm. um, and many people sitting ringside thought it was. Carl Frampton's the kind of guy that will build on a performance against a guy like Leo Santa Cruz. Leo Santa Cruz has shown me no diversity whatsoever um, in his style of attack and anything that he brings to the ring. It's pretty much the same thing. He's a lunch pail guy. He trains really hard. He comes in in great shape for every single fight. He is super high-octane. Tough as hell. Tough as hell. Yeah, I mean, he's got a great motor, but he's built picture perfect for a guy like Carl Frampton because for Leo Santa Cruz to be able to win any fight, 
um, against the caliber of a fighter like Carl Frampton. He's going to have to be very aggressive and very offensive. And I just think Carl Frampton's already got the timing down for Santa Cruz. I can't see anything other than a little bit more motivation, a little bit more inspiration having his father back in the corner uh, for Team Santa Cruz. I just think that this one ends, Vin, um, with a pretty emphatic knockout in this one. He clipped him in the first fight, right? but I think Carl Frampton has shown that he will not be bullied at 126 pounds regardless of how big his opponent is. I, mean, I Think about it from, from this perspective in the first fight. Leo Santa Cruz threw over 1,000 punches and was beaten in most people's eyes very decisively. I would say... I can't remember what my card was, but I want to say 116, 112. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. Uh, what's he going to do? Throw 1,200 punches? And is that going to make the difference? Because a lot of those punches were wasted punches. And it seemed to me like Carl Frampton figured out exactly how to set that distance to lure Santa Cruz in. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Santa Cruz makes his kind of forward movement and starts his attack, Frampton was popping that left hook on him all night loading up big right hands. He was just landing the more decisive shots. I think it's going to be, he's going to be landing even more of those this time around. I don't know if I'm one of the people that thinks Frampton can stop Santa Cruz. I don't know if that's really even possible. I mean, yeah, did he hurt Santa Cruz last fight? He did. The ropes may may have held him up, whatever. But he didn't really hurt him seriously at any other point where, you know, more than just a quick stumble or, or a quick flash. So, I, you know, it's going to be a tough fight again. By no means do I think Carl Frampton's going to win this fight any wider than he did the first time. Uh-huh. I just don't think it's going to look very much different. Okay. I think there's a lot of people that fall in that in that line of thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think most people's opinions and previews that you hear about this fight are pretty much along the same he way. He beat him pretty wide the first time, right? He did. And I think at the least that's what will happen. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. The reason I'm calling for knockout here is because the really the biggest difference between these two um, is accuracy and the crispness um, and the power at which these punches land. I mean, Carl Frampton is so much more pinpoint. Leo Santa Cruz does kind of have to fool the judges a little bit with, with high-octane activity, lots of punches. Mm-hmm. But what we saw in the Mares fight and what we saw in this last Frampton fight is that he really struggles with accuracy because he is just throwing those things out there and hoping that they'll land, hoping he can push his opponent back, get him on the ropes, and then get close enough to drop in some some hooks to the body. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but for me, it's, it's, it's just going to be easy pickings. I think the accuracy um, and the power of Carl Frampton is the difference in this fight. I'm not saying that he stops him early, but I think that Leo Santa Cruz knows that he is going to have to put everything on the line, which will end up making him more vulnerable um, and may end up serving his 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 own chin up on a platter. Now, you know, chances are it's not going to happen. That's the bet I'm definitely going to place on the night of the fight is, is, right. is a Carl Frampton knockout because I think you'll get pretty good odds. I think mm-hmm. you'll get it at what? What would you say? Probably plus 350, something yeah, like that. exactly. So, you know, that'll be one of the better bets of the evening. But, look, man, Carl Frampton has, um, in, at least in his transition into America, has had to prove a lot of people that I think just were a little uninformed about the Jackal going into some of his fights when he came here to America. Agreed, agreed. Um, you know, being falling victim like we do a lot of the times to what have you done for me lately, you know, the you know, we always get infatuated with the moment and what's happened most recently. Um, you know, to me, Vin, I think that Carl Frampton is a superior fighter in this fight. And the numbers now, uh, going into the first fight, we questioned about the size differential, but we know now that the size factor in this fight is not a factor at all. No, no. I mean, you can, you can slice it up any number of ways. The bottom line when you're talking about these two fighters is 
Leo Santa Cruz is one hell of a fighter. But guess what? Carl Frampton is one hell of a fighter that is a supreme boxer. Yes, yes. And Santa Cruz does not have that aspect of his game. And that's the difference, period. Yeah. I mean, dude, I think Carl Frampton and, and Terrence Crawford are so similar in the way that they box, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, they definitely have – Terrence Crawford is definitely a more fluid, natural, yeah. um, athletic style. You know what I mean? He he, lo- It looks more natural. Carl Frampton makes his technique look natural. But they both fight the same way. And, and, and they're both pound-for-pound fighters. And I think it's a fair comparison. I think Carl Frampton is right there on that same level with Terrence Crawford. I mean, he is a pound-for-pound fighter, and nobody has ever mistaken Leo Santa Cruz to be that. No, no, not at all. Nope. All right, so your prediction for the fight is? I'm going to say I'm gonna say Frampton wins a unanimous deci- decision this time. Yeah, 117, 111, 116, 112 cards. I think Frampton drops him early. Yeah. Um, and then I think he ends up finishing him around the 10th or 11th round. Late mm. knockout for me. That would be huge for him. Huge, huge. huge. The 2016. Going to be a lot more people watching this fight this time around. So he's he's kind of he's developed the name in this country. Mm-hmm. He's able to pull that off in an exciting rematch, a big knockout late. His career is going to take off even further over here, man. Yeah, I mean, becoming the unanimous um, from any anybody whose opinion matters, 2016 Fighter of the Year, Ring Magazine's 2016 Fighter of the Year, Carl Frampton has arrived in the United States. He has arrived on the pound-for-pound pound scene, if that's your thing. You'll hear, his, you'll hear his fans in the crowd come Saturday. I'll tell you that much. Oh, they love traveling to yeah. Vegas. Yep. Love traveling to Vegas. All right, so the jackal, Carl Frampton, squares off with Leo Santa Cruz in a rematch in the main event from the MGM Grand Garden Arena Showtime Championship Boxing in the co-feature event. This is a, uh, just a mouth-watering matchup, a dichotomy of styles. Uh, these two could not be more diametrically opposed in what they do, but mm-hmm. it is Dejan Zlatikinen defends his WBC lightweight strap against former pound-for-pound star on the comeback trail, Mikey Garcia. Zlatikinen versus Garcia, what say you? It's a tough fight, man. It's a tough call. I'm a big Zlatikinen guy, but I'll tell you what, Ken, I think Mikey Garcia is just too too solid, too polished as a boxer. Zlatikinen can get kind of gets into a one-trick pony and type of style where he's just loading up that left hand, and he keeps bringing big ones. And trust me, if he lands one on your chin, it, it's lights out, and you may get up, but he will drop you with one shot like that. You won't see it coming either because he – he unloads big overhand lefts, and he gets wild and loopy. But I just think a boxer of Garcia's caliber with the ability to jab, move to his right, away from the left, uh, you know, I, I want to say it's going to be a, a close fight for a while early, but I think Garcia kind of boxes him to death in the latter half of the fight and, and steps away with a pretty, pretty wide decision, 116-112-ish. Yeah, I, I I can definitely see that happening. I mean, but at the same time, Zlatikinen can change the fight with one punch. He can at any point. He at can at any point because look, I mean, like you just said, if 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 Zlati comes out and ends up, you know, coming on the attack early and slips in one of those because the way he throws his body shots, he takes it submarine style. Oh yeah. I mean, he looks like a pitcher throwing three quarters down here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he loops those things super low. Now, Mikey Garcia has is, is is not only known for a great right hand, not only known for a really tight guarded defense, but he can protect his body very, very well. Nobody's really been able to access that. Mm-hmm. has can use his leverage. He can use the fact that he is his center of gravity is lower, and maybe he can sneak something under those elbows of Mikey Garcia's because 
if he ends up landing something that gets Mikey Garcia's attention early in the fight, let's just say a left hook to the liver mm-hmm. or something like that, then the fight may take a completely different tone. Mikey Garcia is too smart for that, though. Mikey Garcia is, um, you know, has one of the best boxing IQs there is. He's got a great jab. Um, he will not make the same mistake that Jose Pedraza made against Gervonta Davis. No. Um, he's not going to come out and shrink and hulk and try to go to war with Zlatikinen. He's going to try to keep him at the end of that jab, and when Zlatikinen comes in wild looping one of those hooks, he's going to try to catch him with that right hand. Most of the time when Mikey Garcia has been threatened in his career, the first half of fights are super boring because yeah. he will put on a defensive jabbing attack, right? He'll pot shot when he can. He'll take his big shots when he can. And then he finishes them late. I almost am leaning towards a very similar result, that Zlati gives him all he has for seven or eight rounds. Mikey Garcia gets beat up a little bit. But with the fatigue and having to deal with that jab and getting frustrated, maybe getting busted up a little bit early, I think Zlatikinen leaves himself open late in this fight. And I think Mikey Garcia may end up stopping him uh, late in the fight. I lean more towards a unanimous decision for Mikey Garcia. But Zlati has the um the equalizer mm-hmm. you know what i mean he drops mikey garcia early in this fight it is an open game yeah. it's an oh, open game absolutely i mean i'll tell you what kind of swayed me in this decision was was last night watching uh ricky burns and and zlatikinen and zlatikinen drops him in the first round i was within 15 seconds yeah 30 seconds something yeah. real quick mm-hmm. huge left right on the end of the chin and normally, I, all credit to Ricky Burns for getting up and recovering because when you get one landed on the chin that early in a fight, uh, that's the end for a lot of guys. Especially for a veteran. You're just frigging cold and you just got knocked out. It's, it's hard to get your, your wits back about you. But later on in that fight, Ricky Burns has moments of being able to box Latikanen and keep him on the end of a jab and, and move. And Mikey Garcia is way better than Ricky Burns at that, doing the same thing. So I, that, that, I'm watching that fight, and I'm going, I want to pick Zlati so bad here, but I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I think Mikey Garcia beats him by unanimous decision and fairly easily. Yeah, I think that that's a great reference point. I think for anybody that's not really familiar with Zlatikin, and if you want to pick a fight to watch that is going to be comparable to what we may see this Saturday night, it's that fight. And it, it's, 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 it's for the reason that you said about Burns being able to box and keep him on the outside. But also, you're going to see a very similar size of, mm-hmm. of the two fighters, because Burns and Mikey Garcia are pretty much the same size. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Burns has been successful in boxing throughout his career by being able to box. He's not, he's, what is he, a 30% career knockout guy? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So he has always utilized his height and reach advantages at these lower weight classes and has built a career off of being able to box. Now, his ability to ward off Zlatikin in and survive that fight, mm-hmm. um, I think Mikey Garcia has you know, a little bit more than Ricky Burns. And where, where would you th- rate Ricky there's Burns? There's a huge, a huge age difference though. Huge age. Oh I mean, yeah. Ricky Burns is five years older than Mikey Garcia. Ricky Burns is a B minus level fighter at this point in his career. And at he's this point, been fading. Yeah. I and, mean, and Mikey Garcia is a, you know, the break aside and, and, and two years off, whatever it was, he's still a, an A level boxer, man. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I think that Mikey Garcia and Jorge Linares of the class, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I, I don't think, I think that that, right, they are superior boxers to anybody else in the division yep. right now. Um, Zlatikinen beat Ricky Burns. I think it's a great measuring stick for what we're going to see. But Mikey Garcia is just going to be a little bit more sharper. He's going to be in a little bit more better shape. 
Um, I think his timing in this one is going to be imperative. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'll put my money on Mikey Garcia, but I'm telling you right now, telling you right now, do not be surprised. Do not be surprised no, no, if no. Dejan's Latikinen pulls the upset in this fight. I know yeah, he's the and it's champion. not even really that big of an upset, to no, be honest. He, well, he's plus 190 or plus 200. Yeah. I mean, people are expect. There's plenty of people that expect him to knock Mikey Garcia out because Garcia's only been in the ring once in two years. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm a huge Zlatty guy too. I, yeah. you, know, you know, I'm with you. I mean, you were I'm the big one- fan of his style, man. Oh, dude, he's he's nonstop. He's a friggin' bulldog. He is. He is. And we'll see how Mikey Garcia deals with that because this isn't. I mean, let's be honest. This isn't. Um, you know. Some of these guys, you know, the Rocky Martinez's and Orlando Salidos, that there was a big discrepancy, you know, in the talent. They were a little bit past their primes, a little mm-hmm. bit over the hill, a little bit long in the tooth. Zlatikin is, is right there. I mean, oh, yeah. there's no flaws in this guy's game other than the fact that he could he, get caught because he's, he's hungry, too. He is. Very hungry. Very hungry. And how hungry is Mikey Garcia? That's okay. kind of always been a question about him. Yeah, that always has been. Uh, he's going for his third belt, so I, I'm, I'm guessing he draws it from that. But you never know, man. You never know. All right, so Dejan Zlatikin and Mikey Garcia, what's your prediction, Ben? Uh, I'm going to say Mikey gets him. Unanimous decision. Man, 116-112, 117-111, something, something along those lines. Same as Frampton. Same? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just go a little bit further out on a wire on this one and say that he ends up clipping him and wears him down. Yeah. You know, just catches him. I think Zlati's going to have to come out. And if, if Zlati doesn't damage Mikey Garcia in the first six rounds, it's over. But I'm going to go ahead and pick an 11th round TKO Mm. by Mikey Garcia. Mm. All right. So there's a couple other fights on this, on this undercard Vin, um, that will be televised, I guess on Showtime extreme is the Lee Selby fight going to be on championship boxing. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I think it's probably the headliner on extreme. That is how far do you fall? out of the relevance of the boxing landscape. You know what I mean? Like, like how, how far do you fall when you're defending a major title in one of the most competitive divisions talent-wise in boxing, but it's kind of, it, it's, it's beginning to turn into a little diva-ish, uh, a little uh, miniature version of the 154-pound division yeah. because what's, what's happening is that these guys, Gary Russell and Lee Selby, have, to, have completely put the brakes on it. So why would guys, why would guys like Lomachenko hang around for that bullshit? Why would Carl Frampton stay at 126 when he knows he's not getting those other fights? You think Gary Russell wants to get embarrassed by another white boy? No. He, no. And I'm not saying he would. Gary Russell may win that fight against Carl Frampton if they ever met, but he's not taking that chance. No, He no. doesn't even like to box, so why would he, why would he take that fight? Right. So Carl Frampton is, is what? Do you, I know he said that he's going to move up to 130. Do you think it's going to be after this fight? No, he, he he said it in a while. I'm assuming he's going to try. Um, my guess is he's coming after Lee Selby. I mean, that's you go back to England, whether you do it in Belfast or you do it in the U.K. somewhere, uh, you know, th- that's a huge fight, and it's a unification fight. So that sells over there. It's not going to sell very big on this soil, but, you know, I, I, I think that's a moneymaker. And before Frampton goes anywhere, he's going to make a little bit more money, and that's a big money fight. Pick up another belt, then move up. And I'm down because it'll be on four thirty, five o'clock in the evening here. But that'll be a good fight yeah. too. Yeah, no, no, dude, Lee Selby is slick. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He just but, didn't look very good in his last fight. Well, that's what happens when you don't fight. Nicholas Walters, what did he look like in his last fight after not fighting? Um, he's taking on Jonathan Victor Barros. Fine, he's going to defend his IBF featherweight title. But how how far have you fallen though? To get back to my original point, when you are fighting for a major belt in a competitive, talented, filled 
division, and you're going to be the headliner defending your title on Showtime Extreme. Yeah. I mean, number three on the card, that just doesn't seem it's why wouldn't you just be in the UK and have this fight? I, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, the, the career path of Selby only fighting once last year. That kills your momentum, your, your career. Stop fucking fighting once a year. You're not Floyd Mayweather. You're not Oscar De La Hoya in his prime. When they got older, they could get away with this shit. That's not how it works. Yeah, yeah. Dude, there's been a lot of, of you know, champions um, that have taken belts back to the U.K. that have, you know, disappeared. Yeah. You know, and, and, and whether Street there's... squatted on it. Dude, Montiel, Eric Hunter, and Eric Hunter, Ken, dropped them in the second round. I thought Eric he, Hunter was going to win that Yeah, fight. Half, halfway through the fight, you went, shit, Selby's about to get worked. I mean, he, he's got a lot of questions still to answer, and he's holding a belt, and he's squatting on it. Well, unification may be just that then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because um, Frampton Lee Selby does make sense. Why? And, and you just asked, why is this going to be leading off on Showtime Extreme? Like, why isn't this in the U.K.? Because they're probably trying to tie these two together. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Top prospects. Um, some of the top prospects in the world. Two guys that would probably be considered in the top 15 prospects mm-hmm. in all the world. David Benavidez. Um, and Josh Taylor will also be in action. I know we're going to talk about David Benavidez and Josh Taylor at length mm-hmm. once we find the time to finally um, record our prospects. The research list. is done. The research <laughs> is done. Um, it's just uh, it's busy time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Vin can't get away from work. I would I work 13 straight? 13 straight days. Unbelievable. And all to foot the bill to bring you the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast. I tell you, people, what I do, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, man. Uh, David Benavidez is definitely much more appealing to watch than his lazy-ass brother. Yes, he is. Absolutely. <laughs> and he is a top prospect, there's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, Josh Taylor's a guy you're really excited about. Uh, yeah, I, I love Josh Taylor's style. Slick Southpaw, Irish, actually Scottish, excuse me, comes out in the, in the uh, plaid trunks, and my boy can throw down. I mean, I'm, I'm talking very, very quick, slick, highly skilled boxer that is going to make noise. He's going to be another... UK fighter that, and I think he's going to be along the lines of a UK fighter that's for real, like Carl Frampton when he gets over here, and not a guy that's going to win a belt and, and, and make his money just staying on his own soil and, and squatting on belts like we've seen a lot of these guys do. It's a hungry dude. This this guy's got a plus talent, man. I think he's 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 got the it factor. Yes, it's hard not you know we don't want to give anything away about our prospect list or whatever, but it's hard not to put guys like Josh Taylor. Um, and Edgar Valerio, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, right there at the very top, even though they don't have any experience yeah, under the belt. Yeah, guys, one guy's got six fights, one guy's got seven, going to have his eighth fight, I think, this weekend in Taylor, or maybe his seventh fight. I can't can't remember, but either way, they just not that many fights. And the only shock that I would have is if they didn't get a championship belt one day and didn't become a force in the sport. Oh, I think within the next ten fights, you're going to see Josh Taylor in big fights. Good, 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 good. All right, so there you got it. We got... Frampton, Santa Cruz 2, Dejan Zlatikinen versus Mikey Garcia for the 135-pound green belt. Lee Selby defends his IBF featherweight title against Jonathan Barros, and David Benavidez and Josh Taylor round out the action on Showtime. Hey, quality card, Showtime. Good job. Good job. Top to bottom, good card. Are you going to give a a round of applause to your boy, Espinoza? Uh, No, no, he gets (laughs) no love here. (laughs) Oh, man, what did I tweet out the other day? I said, uh, 
I said the only difference between Angel Garcia and Steven Espinoza is a Brooks Brothers suit. <laughs> yeah, that's damn right. Man. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, boxing's rats. You got to love them. But, uh, hey, you know what? This is one of those fights. We all know that, that uh, Steven Espinoza is just a puppet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That he's just a pogue. He, uh, Al Heyman's got his hand so far up his ass. So this is my first applause to Al Heyman. Good luck in court, bud. Good job, Al. Good job, Al. Thank you, Al. Um, <laughs> all right. So let, let's go to uh, Indio, California. All right. HBO putting on what should be an action-packed card. Mm-hmm. There's some good, good young fighters with action styles. I think that this, while it's not going to deliver on the level of, let's say, Frampton, Santa Cruz, or even Zlatikin and Garcia, from what I can see, but I will say this. Um, whoever's in attendance this night, in Indio, California, to watch guys like Francisco Vargas, Miguel Burchelt, Tak Mura, Toriano Johnson, Saddam Ali, and Lamont Roach Jr., they are going to be thoroughly entertained. Yeah, it's a good card, good card. Uh, and look, man, I, you know, I think people are sleeping on the the chance of, you know, we've seen Vargas's last two fights have been uh, fight, fight of the years. Yeah, uh, two in a row. Miguel Burchelt is going to bring it. He is going to bring it, and it's going to be a tough fight for Vargas, man. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any way... That he gets out of this scot free, he is going to. And and how many times can a fighter dig as deep as he's had to dig in his last two fights? Is this the guy that you know takes him, takes him to the tenth round, hurts him, and Vargas finally crumbles? Because I know he's the big favorite in this fight, but Burchelt might might not be a guy that has you know quick snappy punches, but he is a thudding puncher. He has got a dynamite left hook to the body, a dynamite left hook period, upstairs or downstairs, he is going to cause serious problems. And I guarantee you, this may end up being the best fight of the night, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. This is a fight. It has a chance. Yeah. Dude, Burchelt is nonstop action. Yeah. Nonstop action. You talked about those hooks that he drops. Dude, he uses the uppercut almost as much as a jab. Yeah. And he's a big guy. He's a big guy. He's a little, uh, he freestyles, it seems like. You know what I mean? It seems like he's just out there. Throwing punches, um, I don't know, just to knock somebody's head off. But what I have noticed about Burchelt, and I think we, it's, it's clear about the uppercuts and the hooks, I think his sleeper punch, because of the way that he throws it, kind of throws it in the way that James DeGale connected that right hand on the chin of Badu Jack when he dropped him. Mm-hmm. Sneaky, awkward, kind of throws it from the shoulder and doesn't bring, doesn't bring the arm out to the side. Yeah. He kind of shoots... Like this, and yeah. not over the top, and that thing he lunges in low. Takmura, Manny Pacquiao, they all have sort of that. Yeah, that angle, you can't see it coming up from down low. Yeah. No, no, no. And, and I think that that is going to be a difference maker. Vargas loves to bring the straight punches. If he is able to get Miguel Burchelt on the ropes, I think Var- Vargas has a huge advantage because mm-hmm. I think he's a top operator from that range. But I'm with you. I think if there's any fighter, and we've been kind of asking the question about Orlando Salido, when he, you know, when is he going to fall off the cliff? The guy's got 190 fights. You right. know what I mean? Francisco Vargas has received some pretty epic beatings in um, 32. Yeah, in 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 his last two fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't do that for long, especially on the on the plus side of 30. It, it's not conducive to uh, adding any more length to your career. I'm I'm sorry, man. Those those beatings are brutal. I mean, he's pretty much got scar tissue under that eye from the Takmira fight. That it's almost a guarantee. If you catch him, you're going to open him up. I mean, he's just going to bleed. Period. 
He's 32 years old also. Yeah, he's old. You know, I think people think Vargas is much younger than what he is. 32 was old in that division. Salido is a unicorn for being <laughs> as old as he is and being able to, to put on the fights and performances that he can put on, man. Oh, man. Yeah, it's great, dude. I think that this fight is going to be great for as long as it lasts. Yeah. I don't know what Burchelt's chin's like. He's yeah, never, that's, he, a, that's what we got to find out. He's never been cracked by a guy that can punch like Vargas because yeah. – Let's not forget, even though he's been in wars, Vargas has, if, if you allow him to get enough distance away to shoot that straight right or drop one of those left hooks, Vargas has tons of power. Inside, he loses a lot of his power. Right. It's a little bit longer with his punches on the inside. Mm-hmm. But I think if he keeps Burchell right there, gets him pinned on the ropes, he may end this thing with one right hand. But Burchell might do the same. Hey, I was going to say, I'm not predicting. It's just going to end knockout one way or the other. <laughs> You're not picking a winner here? I, I don't know who to pick, man. It's going to be a tight fight, and I think one of them's going down. That, that's all I can tell you. I think it's going to be a war. I think Vargas ends up stopping him in the eighth round. Yeah? Yeah. I don't think fights like this can go past the eighth round. No. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. This is Somebody's going down. Yeah. It'll be a bloodbath in Indio, California, for sure, as uh, Francisco Vargas defends his WBC super featherweight strap. Um, all right. Well, looks like we have an eliminator to fight the winner of Francisco Vargas versus Burchell as Tak Muro returns to the ring against Mickey Roman and a WBC super featherweight eliminator. So what you're saying is, is that the co-feature on uh, Canelo versus Chavez is going to be Tak Muro Vargas 2, a reboot of the 2015 fight of the year? It's looking that way to me. I mean, why wouldn't it be, right? <laughs> Hungry fella? There you go. <laughs> I mean, this just feeds uh, all of yeah, your needs. And, and, and this is an easy win yeah. for, for Takmir. I mean, you know, Ricky Romans, uh, uh he's 31 years old, and he's had, like, I don't know, close to 65, 70 fights somewhere in that range. And he's just not very good, man. He's just not. I mean, he's a tough guy for sure, a veteran, knows his way around the ring, but uh, I think we're going to see Takmira stop him halfway through this fight. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm picking a six-round knockout in this yeah. one. All right, so Takershi. Takershi. <laughs> oh, Takershi Mura. Oh, man. That's why I call him Tak. Yeah. Yeah, no tongue twisters. Nope. All right, Takmira versus Mickey Roman for the WBC Super Featherweight Eliminator. I wish we had more to say about this fight. I love Takashi Mura. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if the only fight you've ever seen of this guy was his fight of the year in 2015 against Francisco Vargas. Check him out. You're missing out. Yeah, he's a Japanese Manny Pacquiao. He's not as quick as Pacquiao, but he fights just like him. Yeah. Um, All right, so uh, Toriano Johnson, Saddam Ali, and Lamont Roach Jr. join uh, the show. It's good to see Toriano Johnson is back in the ring after some injuries. Big, long layoff. Big, long layoff. Saddam Ali, um, who was uh, stopped by Jesse Vargas, in a fight that many people thought that Ali was having early success and that Ali was going to take it. But Jesse Vargas dug deep and stopped the prospect from New York, but he's back in action. I don't know, though, man. Saddam Ali is a bit chinny, it seems. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to wait and see. And Lamont Roach Jr. is a treat to watch if you'd love to watch good, solid boxing. Another guy that could wind up on the prospect list. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Uh, Lamont Roach Jr., another product of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Some good fighters coming out here, boy. We do. We do. Um, no doubt about it. All right, so that's January 28th, HBO, Indio, California, Vargas versus Burchell, Tak Mira versus Mickey Roman. All right, Vin, let's go ahead and round this thing out with let's a little bit of news and notes. Seems like uh, we talked about it briefly on the last episode, the Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia press conference that has now been 
sort of uh, psychoanalyzed by everybody. Now that the uh, big- well, it didn't matter when he said it, but after the fact, and a few people started bitching and asking questions. Well, then everybody got up in arms well, and acted like this is the first time he's ever done it. No, well, you know why they did? Because the networks were there. CBS executives were at the press conference, and then once the word got out about what they thought about it, then all the other big boys joined. And Dan Raphael writes this yeah. article as if, like you just said, it's the most shocking thing in the world like this hasn't happened before come on man i mean it just it, it cracks me up everybody jumps on the bandwagon after the fact i've all I, you've heard me say it on the show before you know when boxing gets too close to the mainstream and you have fucktards like angel garcia that have microphones stuffed in their face and they're fucking high as shit on crack when they're when they when they have the microphone <laughs> they fuck dude they they make complete asses of themselves and the and the sport it, it, it's it's already viewed as archaic barbaric i think outside of you know boxing fans and, and boxing media most people will tell you like oh boxing yeah, just like ufc people still do that you know it, it's just how it is in this country this is the fucking nerf the world america it's what it is dude. There's, like, there's no toughness in this country so shit like this is viewed that way it's it's retarded but it's the truth man i've never heard that statement before nerf the world yeah nerf the world that's what i'm that's what America wants, at least half of them, anyways. Uh, but yeah, dude. You, I mean, this guy, and you know, they're talking about you know what what's to come of this is him possibly being suspended and not being allowed in the corner for the fight. If that is the, the decision that is made, uh, this fight ain't coming off because Danny Garcia ain't stepping in that ring without his daddy in the corner. Really? You th- I, you think that this fight becomes a non-starter if? The, oh, absolutely. If, if the New York State Athletic Commission just says, Danny, I mean, Angel won't let Danny in the ring without him. Who's in control? Well, I tell you what happened. Who's in control of that? Danny, or Angel's in control of everything. It, that's the way it comes off to me, anyways. Well, yeah, because his son is quoted, you know, you know, as saying that, you know, defending his father and saying that he's heard Donald Trump say worse. Dude, you don't even know anything an about fucking politics or anything that has to do with anything fucking educated. Come on, man. If you end up, yeah, if, if you allow a man, I don't care if it's your father or not, that behaves the way that Andrew Garcia, like you said, run your career, come on, dude. You're already kind of viewed as, as like the half-wit of boxing. Mm-hmm. Like everybody thinks you're a little slow as it is. You have nothing to say about anything, so you let your old crackhead man go ahead and dig your grave. Well, here's the thing. I think that this fight ends up happening, but I, I think it ends up getting moved to Showtime. You watch. In the next week, it, when he goes to apply for his license in New York, what's going to end up happening is, is we'll grant it to you. CBS says we'll still put on the fight, but it's going to happen on Showtime. Yeah. I mean, what an idiot, man. And that's what the, the, the stupid shit that he does ends up costing. That fight on CBS is good for the sport because I think it's going to be an entertaining fight. Uh, it's going to draw big numbers, and guess what? Some people might watch it and go, oh, "I'll watch the next time." Yeah, the next time I'll watch too. Hey, just a fucking moron, man. The guy is the biggest moron in boxing. Period. Yeah, I mean, what they're trying to do to Angel Garcia now, after you know, in the wake of this more, like you said, mainstream uh, outburst. If they were going to do this, this should have happened years ago. He should have been re- kicked out of the sport years ago. But why was nobody there questioning him in the moment? Lou DiBella was acting like... And then after the fact, he's up on his fucking pulpit high horse. Boy, yeah. Come on, Like Lou. Acting like, like, oh, yeah, I'm totally against this. Dude, what he say is, it's, this isn't like Thurman Porter and family and friends. Hey, no, man, there's bad blood here. The glorious pa- part about being a New York liberal 
is that you get to choose whatever side is most convenient at whatever time you want. <laughs> you get to change your point of view however you want. Oh, now he's completely against it. While it's going on, he's sitting up there like acting like Hey, come on, Ken. They're this on the... tirade's not happy. If he had a fucking pair, he would step in and stop it right then and there. They're on the they're on the cutting edge of all society issues. Come on, man. What are you talking about? Who, Ludabella? <laughs> New Yorkers. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah, New Yorkers. Right, right. Yeah, awesome. Um, look, man, I, I'm, I'm completely with you on this one. I mean, don't be surprised that there is a, a piece of trash trainer in boxing that is clearly racist, anti-immigrant. I mean, dude, this guy is so absolutely full of shit that he has gone far too long being treated like the village idiot. Like, oh, that's just Angel. He'd be saying dumb shit. Nobody takes him serious. But as soon as somebody from the politically correct world sees somebody behaving this way, you're banished. You're you're banished. That's not for the world to see, buddy. (laughs) Dude, we've been saying it for years, man. Angel Garcia is a piece of shit. He is. Okay? But to... To act like all outraged all of a sudden. Nope. Guy's always been a piece of shit. They should have never let his sorry ass out of jail. Nope. All right. Uh, Last thing here on episode 146, Vin. We have uh, kind of a a little bit of a surprise here. I mean, it's, you know, not officially, officially set, but we have an IBF light heavyweight eliminator, and it didn't seem for the longest time that Artur Baturbiev was going to be able, well, one, he's been hurt for a little while, but that he was going to be able to get a legitimate foe in front of him before he became a mandatory for um, a belt. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, the belt that Andre Ward currently has. Not that Andre Ward would ever fight this guy because he doesn't even want a rematch with Sergey Kovalev. So why would he fight this guy? Nope. But Artur Baturbiev has an opponent in front of him that's going to fight back a little bit. Old Sully B, El Mas Talentoso. Uh, El Terrimoto. He ain't scared. El Terrimoto is Leo Santa Cruz. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, you know, it's cool, man. Um, no, look, I love Sullivan Brera. I think he's got great heart. I think that he's limited, but I think that he's exciting. I think he's there to fight. I think Artur Baturbiev is in for it here. I think Baturbiev probably ends up cracking his head open, you know, around the seventh or eighth round at some point. No, the, the way he fights, yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to not picture him cracking anybody's head open he's in the ring with. But we've seen Baturbiev be dropped by lesser foes than Sullivan Barrera. We have. This is going to be a very good fight. And kudos to Sullivan Barrera for stepping up and just taking it. Like, hey, you know what? I ain't scared of nobody. No. No, Baturbiev's considered a boogeyman. Who cares? If he loses to Baturbiev by decision, guess what? I'll take Sullivan Barrera against any other top five heavyweight right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to see that uh, Baturbiev is back and working his way towards a title shot because this guy does, for, for us to really figure him out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's got to get to that level. Yeah. He's, you know, even with the help of Al Heyman and the promotion uh, support of, of Yvonne Michelle and guys, you know, in Canada, there is a good backing behind him. But in much the same way that Sergey Kovalev struggled to break onto the scene in the United States, Paterbiev, even with the powerful resources and allies of Al Heyman and company, you know, and, and pile on some injury to that. It's been a tough road for this guy. Exciting as hell. I think he's a little bit more raw and, yeah. and unproven at the professional level. But, dude, his fists don't lie. Scary, scary man to face off against. I mean, he does not stop coming forward, and he throws heavy shots. You talk about a guy that – did he beat Kovalev twice in the amateurs? I believe he did. I know he beat him at least once. Yeah, I think he beat him twice. So, I mean, you know, take that for what it is. It's the amateurs. You know, I, I almost hate when people bring that up sometimes. But it is significant when you're talking about two guys that are – 
top-notch guys that met when they were younger. It shit's changed, but that tells you right there, this kid's legit. Yeah, and 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 you know as well as I do, power becomes far more a big factor at the professional level than yes. it does in the amateurs. Yes. You know, I mean, when you're trying to score on points, you can't really focus on the big shot as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all Artur Baturbiev has been focused on. Sullivan Brer is not without his own power, though. He's got pretty good hands. Yeah. Um, here's how I see this going. If anybody out there is trying to be optimistic about the potential fight between, oh, it would be so awesome if Baturbiev and Andre Ward squared off, there is a 0% chance that fight ever happens, and yep. there is a 100% chance if the IBF puts his feet to the fire, that dude, that belt will be vacated, and Baturbiev will be fighting somebody for the vacant strap. Yeah, Andre Ward, that, that fight doesn't have any value, doesn't sell. So that's even more of a reason for him not to take the fight. Oh, it's a huge, a I mean, huge roadblock. It, there's, that fight sells nowhere. They can't sell that fight in any arena anywhere. No, and he hasn't been in Canada long enough to have the following of a Jean Pascal or a... Yeah, and Andre know. Ward ain't going nowhere. If he's defending his belts next time... Oakland. Oh, it's in the Oracle Arena. You can guarantee <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, he's man. earned it, Ken. Oh, yeah. He's earned it. Yep. yep. Everybody, uh, you know, got to give him his you props. You lay out the red carpet, Andre's coming. Yep. Oh, maybe if he gets patted on the back enough, you know what I mean? And people are like, Andre, you the man. Enough people tell him that, that maybe, you know, maybe. I think he's done. I think he thinks he's cemented his legacy and he has nothing left to prove. Well, see you later, Andre. Yeah. <laughs> Hasta la vista. Oh, man. Well, I guess on that note, we can uh, go ahead and say, you know, fare thee well. Yeah. Uh, it's episode 146. Let's get ready for some uh, pigskin here, buddy. Yep. Packers versus the Falcons and the Steelers versus the Pats. Who you got? I'm going to go Green Bay, New England. Green Bay, New England. See A. Rod and old, old T. Brady throw down. I mean, that's probably, what, the two best quarterbacks in the league? Yeah, and then when it's all said and done, it might be the two best of all time. Yeah. You never know. Very true. Um, yeah, so the NFL winds down. Ben and I are going to cut this a little bit short, but I think we got straight to the point on episode 146. Oh, absolutely. All right, so be sure to drop by theboxingrant.com today and subscribe to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and, of course, Spreaker. Be sure to subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel and give us a follow on Twitter at VinceCummings81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. So we will be back next week with episode 147 as we bring you the post-fight of Carl Frampton versus Leo Santa Cruz and much, much more. Thanks for tuning in to episode 146 of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on theboxingrant.com. Muchas gracias, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>